This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. The probe droid? The probe droid. We sit Raina down in the back of the studio and uh, have her uh, answer questions. Have this black sphere just hovering above us. All right. This is getting very uh, scary. I like it. And uh, I don't want to be slapped. I don't think I don't think she could hear me. You have my consent. I said I like it. Oh, okay. Well, then bring out the probe droid. <laughs> bring out the probe Bring droid. out two or three of them. <laughs> Do we have any attachments that we can add to them? Oh, my God. <laughs> Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank on Rain Man Digital. If you want to listen to all of our shows live and on the go, you can now text message RMD69 to 50597 and you will receive live push notifications whenever a live Rain Man Digital show is live. There's a lot of live in there, isn't it? <laughs> isn't there, Dave? Oh, yeah, they're going to have to actually see us at our best. I think I need a thesaurus to find another option there. <laughs> All right, so, Dave, how are you today? How's it going, everyone? Uh, how are you, Raina? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. She wasn't prepared for me to go to her that fast. <laughs> yeah, usually not, she's like, no. usually it's like an afterthought. I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, Raina is somewhere yeah. around here. <laughs> Floating around in a back to tank. Nude? Nude, right? We're all nude right now. Yeah, Theater of the mind, Raina. Theater of the mind. Why do I have to share? Can I get my own tank? I'm, I'm just waiting. Uh, we're on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, says all, says all uh, creep. Um, <laughs> we're on a, sorry, you can't get a swimsuit either. We're on a budget. budget. We can't afford one. <laughs> a budget you will have to be naked. <laughs> all right, so Dave, let's just start the show a little negative here. Uh-oh. Not a lot of news. Coming out of San Diego Comic Con this year when Very it comes surprising. to Star Wars. Yeah. I was waiting for the news to drop something big because last year, maybe I was spoiled after last year because last year we had Clone Wars Return announced. We had Mandalorian news. We were just gifted with so much Star Wars news that I kind of just expected it again and it never really came. And that was a little disappointing, but I will say that we did get a lot of publishing news. A lot of books, comic book news was released from the Star Wars front, and we're going to get into that throughout the show. Yeah, Del Rey had a a big, big showing at San Diego Comic-Con, but I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm very disappointed because, like, 
we're only like six months away. Six months away, and we received nothing. No trailer. About episode nine. Not just episode nine. Remember, right before episode nine, Mandalorian comes out in November. Five months away, and nothing for the Mandalorian. Now, some people are saying, well, calm down. E23 is just around the corner, and we'll probably get all of that during D23. But let me ask Raina. Raina, do you know what D23 is? I sure don't. See? Yeah. That's my point. No one cares about D23 except people who Who are are in the industry. Right now, for the past, it's going to change eventually, but right now, it's more of an industry thing. And D23, which is basically Disney's expo, is nothing close to being the the gigantor, not a word, the giant that San Diego Comic-Con is. So them kind of holding back their information, it, it could work in their favor when it comes to their expo because then people will be like, oh, shit, D23, that's where all the news is going to drop when it comes to Marvel and and uh, Star Wars related stuff. So in the in the long run, it may help their event become more, I guess, validated, prestigious, more prestigious. But uh, but Sandy of Comic-Con, no one will ever be what they are yeah you have you need 20 years to catch up and in 20 years they'll be even bigger same thing with the new york comic-con and unfortunately this this goes in line with the one thing that i was really i really criticized disney about last year is their marketing their marketing sucked it's what killed solo well a lot of things but yes marketing had a huge huge part to a play. huge part to play and it's like you'd think that disney no. would learn no hey if you if you want to push something you better get news out there right now they didn't learn their lesson even though they reportedly spent close to 150 million dollars on the mandalorian and how yes. many episodes are there going to be dave <laughs> six six episodes and the reported budget is close to 150 million dollars if that's insane. Disney dude. didn't learn. And maybe the early projections are saying that the streaming service Disney Plus is going to be amazing for them. So they're like, fuck it. You know what? This is going to be a huge cash cow for us. We can we can do it. We can we can spend that one hundred and fifty million dollars and it won't mean a thing to us. Now, that being said, according to Lifehacker, uh, the streaming service is about to blow up. In a big way when it comes to content. And maybe this is what Disney's thinking. Hey, D23, our Disney streaming service. We don't need to spend millions of dollars in marketing because we've been marketing Disney Plus for the last year and a half. So if you subscribe to Disney Plus, you're going to automatically get The Mandalorian, which premieres the same day that Disney's streaming service Disney Plus launches. I can understand that logic. Looking back at this San Diego Comic Con, especially how crowds reacted right. to the Marvel panel, because the Marvel panel had nothing. It had nothing. Phase four. Yeah, phase four. There was no footage. It was, there was no news. It was pretty lackluster, dude. It was logos. Yeah. All fans were just getting excited about was freaking logos. Yeah. Do you think they're going to start pulling out of the San Diego Comic Con and just solely focus? Focusing on D23 and uh, Star Wars Celebration. That might be that might be the, the way to go. Yeah. That might be the way to yeah. go. And looking at it, I can understand Disney's logic. Well, if fans are going to get excited about just this lackluster, you know, logo panel. Right. 
then we can do whatever we want at San Diego yeah. and just save our save, save the ammunition for the marketing at D23 and at Star Wars Celebration. And there is a, a, a bit of smarts there. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but it could also backfire. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And if you're going to be your sole promoter, producer, exhibitor, things are going to start falling out the back of the wagon. When you load your wagon too full, things are just going to start dropping out. Yes. And that's what that's what I'm worried about. I'm honestly worried about that they're not going to get enough word out there. And this sounds silly, but enough word out there about the Star Wars movies and the Star Wars t- TV show that what you're going to have is another lackluster performance like, like Solo. And like the DC Universe app. Yes. Like Unless you are in the know. My mom knows nothing about the Disney streaming service. Would she want to subscribe if she knew about it? Yes, she would because she loves Star Wars. Mm -hmm. A lot of people still don't understand all of these new streaming outlets. So they're putting all their eggs in one basket. Meanwhile, a large majority of the demographics still don't quite understand what Disney is doing. What is this Disney Plus? Is this going to be on my cable channel? Because I already have Disney East, Disney West, uh, Disney XD. Uh, Disney at night, Disney music videos. Like, is this Disney plus? Is this going to be on my regular cable provider? I guarantee you people are thinking that. So they have to help. They have to educate as well. It's something that a lot of companies, whether it be Disney or an up and coming uh, media company, like, like Rain Man Digital, for instance, there has to be a bit of education with the technology. If you are trying to get people to listen to something that isn't the norm or watch something that's the norm, you have to help educate them as well. I mean, to this day, Dave, I have people who, who listen to our show, no joke, listen to our shows via our website only. And I'm like, you listen only on our website regularly? Like, yeah, I just bookmarked the site. Like you realize you can get a podcast app and just subscribe to our feed and you never have to go to our website if you don't want to. Like, yeah. Oh, what's that? Like, what? You never heard of iTunes podcasting and, and Spotify? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. But I haven't but downloaded I, But I've never used it. I've never used it. So there are so many people that just aren't you. We take for granted that because we know things, we assume everyone else does. So I'm hoping Disney does not make the same mistake. Now, getting- I think the industry is actually making that mistake. It's just not Disney. Yeah. I mean, this, well, this oh, year, you're right. This year by itself, you're seeing HBO Max. What the fuck is you're, that? You're seeing, you're yeah. seeing like, Disney it's just confusing. Plus. You're seeing Hulu Plus come out. And then Netflix is talking about actually. And then Pornhub Plus, which is double the porn. <laughs> double the porn. <laughs> but like, and people are, I don't think companies, I think companies are going to see a drop. Oh, no, this for sure. Year. There's going to be. Because no one's going to understand what they're trying to do. Oh, and there's going to be some people that fall apart and lose themselves and they're going to have to close up shop. Not everyone's going to succeed in this streaming battle. All right. So let's get into what Hacker Lifehacker.com has released when it comes to the $7 a month streaming service. Of course, Star Wars fans is going to be very happy with the content offerings as well as the Marvel fanatics. According to the report, Disney Plus will only feature for right now four Marvel movies at launch, which will be Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 3, Avengers Endgame. Okay, let's get to Star Wars. Yes. Meanwhile, the first seven Star Wars movies will be available on launch day, along with Rogue One. Uh, Last Jedi, as well as Episode 9, obviously Episode 9 will be available later. 
Uh, Last Jedi is still tied up in licensing, I'm sure, with Netflix. With but Netflix. the moment that runs out, you'll find it on the streaming service. Now, the good news is The Mandalorian, a John Favreau-directed series, of course, uh, starring Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian gunslinger, will also be available at launch. That's going to be their their driving force right there, to get all the Star Wars fanboys to subscribe immediately, yeah. which is pretty smart. And that's just around the corner. That is set for, what, November... 12th dave 12th. november 12th we'll be able to feast our greedy little star wars eyes on the mandalorian now surprisingly george lucas still offer has offered advice when it comes to the mandalorian i love seeing george lucas name still attached to relevant and new headlines according to favaro he has let it slip that george lucas offered him some advice and i'm not sure if everyone's going to agree with this or if it's going to make people roll their eyes or get pissed off. But according to Favreau, the one thing George Lucas said to me was, remember, John, the real audience for our, for all stories and all myths is the kids that are coming of age. Because he's really a Joseph. Yeah, I would too. He's really a Joseph Campbell. Uh, hold on. I just skipped a whole line. He says, we enjoy the stories as adults, but really storytelling is about imparting the wisdom of the previous generations onto the children who are becoming adults and giving them a context for how to behave and how to learn the lessons of the past without making the mistakes on their own. I do agree that it is a bit of a coming of age for, for a lot of people. That's what star Wars is. I would probably word it more. It's, it harkens back to your youth. It, it, there's a certain thing we were all drawn to yes. at a young age. And I think that's still why many of it still works for us. I should say that's why I feel like many of us are still drawn to star Wars because it's not necessarily nostalgia. It's a remembering. It's a fondness of our youth. Like yeah. I remember that's how I felt when I watched movies, the excitement just throws me back to that feel good, fun and fancy free vibe where I can just sit down and enjoy an adventure tale. Exactly. It, it harkens back to the need to listen to a hero's tale. Right. You yeah. know, it's the hero's journey. I mean, whenever anybody talks about in literature, the hero's journey, they always bring up star Wars. Yeah. You know, Luke, the farm boy becomes the hero, becomes the knight, becomes the legend. And that is something it's almost kind of like very primordial. It's right. like it, it harkens to the, the the inners of what makes us human. Yeah. And it taps into that. And it I, taps into I, that. I agree. So Lucas, what he was saying, I agree. I agree with that. I know there were a lot of people that are kind of miffed with that headline saying, well, Star Wars is for adults too. Like they, they kind of missed the point. Like, yes, adults can enjoy it, but that's not what he was saying. He wasn't saying it's not for adults. Yes. He was saying it plays to a certain younger person, a, a youthful person, someone that we used to be that we can all relate to. It doesn't matter if you're 70 years old. We can all relate to that story. And that's what George Lucas was trying to impart to Favaro. You know, don't forget what Star Wars is all about. It's about fun. Yes. All right. So limited run games is releasing. I'm so excited about this. I should say re-releasing. <laughs> now talk about nostalgia. I'm not a fan of nostalgia, but I'm a fan of this. 
Limited Run Games is re-releasing physical cartridges of the beloved Nintendo 64 video game Shadows of the Empire, as well as NES and Game Boy versions of the Empire Strikes Back. Thank you. I get my Dash Rendar. They're taking orders right now, Dave. (laughs) Each one comes with an action figure card back for proudly displaying the cartridge itself, which will guarantee that you'll be a virgin for many years to come. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. I'm excited for this. Uh, It's a little too late for me to be a virgin. Maybe if I was hanging this up, you know, years ago, then yeah, but this is right up our alley. This is the nostalgia bug. That, you know, we always criticize the member berries. This is different, though. This is just a, uh, they're not using it to s- sling content. In yeah, terms they're not of, doing it to sling content. Yeah. That's the important part. And when I say co- merch, yes, they're using it to sling merch, but not content. Like not content. TV shows and movies. They're not relying on nostalgia to, to tell their story. This is different. This is just something fun and giving back. How many times have I gone into the, my love affair of Shadows of the Empire? And Dash Rendar story. So if they're re-releasing something like this, even though I already have a copy still, it's a little stained and smudgy because it's been around for like 30 years. I, I'm going to get another one. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly going to get uh, going to get a copy because like if you just as a collecting purposes, it is extremely hard to get a physical copy of Shadows of the Empire anymore reasonably priced oh oh yeah you're gonna be spending (laughs) a lot more money if you want to find one on amazon yeah and them doing this just basically i applaud them because this is how you send out nostalgic merch it's not like what you said they're not doing it to to do an agenda do a uh sell a story or whatever it's just basically to look back at the fans and say hey here you go. You can have this back. We know it's hard to get out there. Here you go again. And we're going to make some money <laughs> off you as well. We're going to make money off of you, but we know that you guys want this. Yeah. That's all that matters. Give us something we want. Yes. And that's, that's the point. It doesn't matter if you're making money off us, if you're trying to utilize nostalgia to sell something, if there's a market for it, Hey, then sell it. Well, there's a right way to do nostalgia and that's definitely it. Yeah. Yes, for sure. All right, so let's talk about some Darth Vader controversy. I live for this stuff. <laughs> really? Because it's you, just you live for it, huh? No, well, I live for it because I feed off the anger. <laughs> off of the anger. <laughs> this is over fucking... a fictitious character. Yes, 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 <laughs> and a story. Yeah, I just want to. I'm going to chuckle, Dave. I want you to take me through this because I'm going to make fun of it as we go through it. But apparently there are some people that are upset about a recent Darth Vader comic book uh, taken from the series Dark Visions, which is fantastic. It's the recent issue. And apparently there is a large number of fans on social media where that are saying they're very unhappy and disappointed with the portrayal of a certain female yes. in the series. Go now, ahead, Dave. Tell us about this ridiculous controversy. Now, just to give you guys some background on this, Dark Vader, uh, or Dark Vader, Vader, Dark Vader, Darth Vader, um, Dark Visions is actually a series by Marvel that kind of the whole backbone of the whole series yeah. is they're telling stories of Darth Vader through the eyes of other characters other characters it's not being told through darth vader it's how these characters in the universe see darth vader right 
And it's been really great. I mean, they've done some very creative stories. But going to this article from uh, Gizmondo, uh, where Darth Vader Dark Visions has gone, controversy has followed. Mainly thanks to its origins as a replacement for another Star Wars comic project scrapped almost immediately after its announcement. Now, that's the one that was scrapped that was being written by Chuck Wendig, right? Yes. And Wendig and, and a lot of fans were upset that Wendig got canceled because of stuff he said on Twitter. Right. Well, when you're representing a giant corporation, you got to kind of be careful what you say. Yeah. But it found itself enmeshed in an altogether different controversy for one of its issues. Each issue of Dark Visions, like the scrapped Shadows of Vader's intent before it, has looked to portray Darth Vader through a series of lenses cast in the eyes of the people in the galaxy around him. Uh, let me skip down a little bit. Okay, throughout the okay, here we go. Uh, this uh, the third issue by Dennis Hallam and David Lopez, titled "Tall, Dark, and Handsome," cast Darth the Dark Lord <laughs> of the Sith not as an empowered foe or a ghoulish reckoner, but as an object of affection for a low-ranking unnamed female nurse <laughs> aboard the Death Star. Uh, Throughout the uh, story, the nurse is looked on with a scornful attitude by not just the people around her, from Vader himself to her boss in the medbay, but also the narrative's framing. She's constantly given menial tasks to do and dragged about and screamed at for failing to do them promptly by her superior. But we aren't really invited to feel any sympathy for the nurse because we don't really learn anything about who she is as a person. We don't even learn her name. But what we do learn throughout her internal narration guided, uh, guiding tall, dark and handsome is that she is desperately madly in love with Darth Vader. Uh, the nurse collects scraps of flesh uh, from the med bay from Vader's many visits, which is creepy <laughs> as trinkets of her infect, uh, affection. So she's an upset. She's obsessed. She's a lunatic. She's, she's a not lunatic. all there. She's crazy. If you look at the panels they posted with this article, and if you go through the comic book, she has a crazed look. That's the story. There's a comedic aspect to this issue. That's the point. Look at the title, Tall, Dark, and Handsome. He's being oogled and fawned over by a obsessed fan. Yes. It's a joke. That's the point. Not First, let, let me say a couple things here, Dave. And, and Raina, please jump in if you agree or disagree here. There are lots of different types of people in reality, right? Yes. And when you write a story, you include different types of personalities. There are strong people. There are cowards. There are pieces of shit assholes. There are murderers. There's rapists. There are happy people. There are optimistic people, right? Okay, so you're going to include all those different elements in in a story. Just because you happen to make one character kind of shitty and weak doesn't mean you're misogynistic or it should invoke some type of movement on social media to protest this issue. Guess what? In reality, there are shitty women out there. There are weak women out there. Yeah. So... Why then must every woman in a comic book or TV show or movie be strong and assertive and intelligent? That's not realistic. They don't do that with men. Look at Hux. He's a fool. 
Hux is an idiot. Oh, yeah. Kylo Ren is an aggressive, overreaching baby. Finn heavy breathes and doesn't know much of anything. He's a coward and tries to run away numerous times in The Force Awakens and in The Last Jedi. Mark Hamill gives up being a Jedi. I should say Luke Skywalker gives up being a Jedi because he can't take his failure and hides himself while the galaxy is falling apart around him. Those are the stories that those are the ingredients that make for interesting stories because they're realistic. We want to see the ugly and the mundane at times. Yes. It doesn't mean you're slamming any one gender. It's reality. In reality, there's different types of people. Now, if Star Wars and Marvel had a habit of just being overly misogynistic, then I would understand an argument to be made. But in this day and age, Marvel's doing everything but that. Same thing with Star Wars. Yeah. It goes it goes on almost like in the line what we talked about, how they made characters like Han Solo who who are looked up to and make him look stupid. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? How many times have I complained that Harris, Harrison Ford, Han Solo, these people obviously are not separate in my mind. Harrison Ford is Han Solo and Mark <laughs> Hamill is Luke Skywalker. But how many times have I complained when, we re- when we've reviewed uh, a Star Wars comic and they turn Han Solo into a bumbling tool? Yeah. But he was never dumb. He was a bit of, he was at times a little overly masculine, but that was the macho bravado that governed his character. That was the archetype of the time when George Lucas wrote that character. But he never was a bumbling fool. Yeah. And yet that's what we get a lot in these comic books. So, and no one's complaining about that and making protests except mm-hmm. me on our show. And the, the interesting part about this controversy, I give, I give uh, Dennis Hallam a lot of credit. He he's been getting a lot of criticism uh, on his uh, Twitter feed and in his uh, social media about how he wrote this story. And uh, basically in the article it talks about threads like uh, like one being sent to him. Uh, writer Dennis Hallam reaching uh, had to reach out to defend the nurse's portrayal as one that is that's meant to be heroic. And a lot of female fans apparently were upset because it's me. Uh, they said they uh, like one says it really feels like you were trying to say something about fangirls who empathize with villains like Anakin and Kylo Ren. And then Dennis, uh, Dennis Hallam basically said that really wasn't my intention. I'm not here to police your read, but to me it's about a person so beaten down and caged and by her fascist existence that she fantasized about the only person in her world powerful enough to free uh, her. Okay. That he should have just kept his mouth shut because and he should that, have kept his mouth that's, shut. That's everything people don't want to hear that she's fantasizing about a man who can free her from her captivity because she's not strong enough as a woman to free herself. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying that's what people are going to think now that he replied. And I have to say, he's kind of an idiot now that I'm reading his replies, I don't agree that it's a wrong or misogynistic. I feel like they're like, I, I'm going to back. I'm going to, I'm going to stand firm on what I just said. Okay. Yes. My whole spiel. Uh, but then he says, I don't think our medic is silly or crazy at all. And I feel like the guy probably didn't even know what he was doing then yeah. because it came off as comedic and crazy. It ca- came off as, I felt like he was being tongue in cheek and silly on purpose. Mm-hmm. 
And you know what? I bet you it was. And this is just him now trying to appease the, social, the social media. That's audience. what I think he's trying to do. He's yeah. trying to defend himself by lying about what what the story was really about. The story is not meant to be taken as anything, anything more than what it is at face value. Yes. Or was at face value. And because like a lot of a lot of female readers are looking at this and saying, hey, are you saying that basically anyone who who fantasizes about Darth Vader is silly, crazy, and basically mental? Now, let's reverse <laughs> it. Let, let's say that it was a male medic that was obsessed and was in love with Vader. And he was written the exact same way. Crazy, uh, helplessly in love, um, fantasized that this tall, dark, and handsome man was going to free him from his existence, his meager existence, his menial existence. Would anybody complain? No, it would be exactly. romanticized because it would have been romanticized. because it was a gay relationship. Yeah, and that's the that's what they're trying to push right now. It's all about what are you trying to get out there? Yeah, it's just silly. I, I think that we need to quit. First off, writers shouldn't respond to fans. Let them say what they want. Don't argue with them. It's silly. And be- I agree with you on that point where the writer should just basically don't say anything should be taught to basically say they're going to be, you're not going to appease all your readers. So just take the criticism in. And there are tons, Dave, we were just talking about this off air. Like there are some great titles out there for star Wars. Dr. Mm-hmm. Aphra is good. The ongoing star Wars issues are good. And the Darth Vader issues are pretty good for the most part. The three ongoing series that we've had so far. Yeah, are and, good. You have, and you have but, that new one that came out, which is tie fighter. Right. And there's a lot of weak issues as well there's a lot of weak titles that i don't find good at all and the reason why is because the characters are superficial and they lack substance the story yeah a lot of them aren't that great to begin with and you're complaining about a piece of low art not fulfilling your needs as a female reader that suddenly you need to be validated by a 35 page marvel comic issue if you need to be validated by that, then your problems are far, far worse, far worse than you even know. You have more deep rooted issues. Yeah. I want to hear from Raina. Raina, what are your thoughts on this briefly? Okay. Well, when I first saw the comic, just looking at the cover, I, the only thing that upset me, not necessarily, oh, this woman's crazy and obsessed. It was a really a romantic relationship. That's what it looks like at face yeah. value. It looks like right. Vader and a romantic relationship. And I was like, I'm not buying that shit. Yeah. But that's, you see, that's the thing is people see things differently. I didn't see it the way they're pushing it. Oh, this woman, she's unempowered. Hey, if you're talking about a girl that is obsessed over Darth Vader, maybe a little crazy, it sounds like you're representing me and I want to read it now. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Honestly, I think the writer was probably going for a Joker Harley vibe. If you look at some of the panels and how this medic is drawn, Yes. She looks like Harley Quinn. That's what it seems like. And he should have, if he was smart, he probably should have said this is a character study into social issues and abuse. There. And said it's reality. But he's an idiot, obviously. And he's got to justify his work. I'm sure that's what he was trying to write. I don't think he was justifying the work. I think he was trying to figure out the best way to get out of the situation. The best way to get out of this situation is either reply like I just did. Yes. Ten seconds ago. Or don't reply at all. Or don't reply at all. Yeah. So anyways, let's go to a very quick break so we can pull ourselves out of this negativity. (laughs) And uh, we'll be right back. 
Acorns. Acorns Core automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as $5 anytime or on a recurring basis into a portfolio of ETFs. Your investments are then diversified across more than 7,000 stocks and bonds and automatically rebalanced when the market fluctuates. Save for the future and invest with Acorns. Once the show is on demand, click the Acorn link within the description of this broadcast and start saving. The 2019 supernatural horror western flick, The Wind. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm here in the same saddle with Clint Felton. Hello, Clint. It's just because it's scary. We talked. Yeah. This one's yeah. a little scary, so it's not anything other than that. We just want to make sure we're okay. I just need someone to hold me for for a little while. Yeah, I guess I didn't even just, need the movie for that. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm just I'm frightened. Oh, now, no, that that was gross. Yeah, that <laughs> was gross. Oh, I pushed the limit. If I need some consoling, then that's okay. Right. But if you're just, you know, trying to sit on the same saddle with me just because, Clint, then we ha- we're going to have we're going to have some issues. It's been we're five years. You think it'd be okay? No, it's not. Okay. Only when I'm scared. Okay, I told you. Only when I'm scared. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> listen up, cowboys and cowgirls. You can now listen to Weird West Radio every Sunday, only on Rain Man Digital. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Slow motion, please. Let's see. What, we, what is he actually doing with that shock there? What yeah. shock? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Jesus. Mr. 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 Cowley, Mr. Cowley, Mr. Cowley, we are examining this important video footage. But why chalk? Of all, first off, you can tell how old Tony is. Use chalk even when I was in school. Oh fuck! This is why. This is why the education system is messed up. We are no longer using chalk. <laughs> it also in your world that hasn't moved on since fucking Leave It to Be. Please, Mr. Cowley, do you mind? Whatever world Tony lives in, Pleasantville, the government does not allot the proper funding for that school district. Chalkboards, wow! Thank you, Tony. That hippie's got long hair. Every time Tony opens his mouth, he he delivers some shocking uh, little Revelation. little insight into his into his life. You call it shocking. <laughs> what do you call it? I call Tuesday. it. I call it. I call it my reality. That's that's what we fix. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. What are you looking at, nerd? I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Geek out Saturday. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> for kids. Or, like, one of them, like, you could. This is, this the is fact that Marvel's for... been doing it for 10 years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators. And 
and this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. Yeah. I walked in. It's the guy starts, and that's how they go out. Like because the, the rebirth when they ditched the new fifty two, because the new fifty two they weren't always on the best of terms. They're back together, or you know they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rayman Digital Geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rayman Channel 001. Me and Kurt feel the same. Too much pleasure is pain. My girl spites me in vain. All I do is complain. She needs something to change. Need to take off the ass. So fuck it all tonight. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. If you missed any part of this broadcast, please find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Leave us reviews. Give us thumbs up. Tweet us at From Back to Tank and also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars from the Back to Tank. We'd love to hear from you as long as you don't bitch and complain. <laughs> Call me hyper masculine. Sorry, I have a dick between my legs. <laughs> All right, so Kevin Scott, the genius, the genius between, behind, behind, not between, Dooku, Jedi Lost, will be released this fall. All right, he's going to be releasing this fall a full script from Dooku, Jedi Lost. And you know that I am definitely going to get it. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and you know why, Dave? Because as I'm listening to this audio play, there is so much mythos thrown in. And I need to see the words because there's some things he's he, that, that, that's being read that I can't grasp. Meaning back in the old days when you're reading Heir to the Empire, and they're talking about Coruscant. You're like, oh, OK, that's how it's spelled. That's how it looks. And then you kind of put that away in your mind and it stays with you with the audio book. It's just a word and it doesn't necessarily stay with you. So to have that script, it'll be able to be a better ref. It'll be a better reference for discussions and shows because there is so much Sith legend in there. So much world building. I feel like it's. um, It's a missed opportunity to not have some printed form of that storyline do you agree oh absolutely after i've listened to it i desperately want to actually reread it actually read physically what the what the words are because it will give it better context i want to make love to it honestly and especially if it's in script format dude i have a thing about reading scripts i love doing and if it's in script format I might make love to this. Script. Oh, wow. Just cut a <laughs> hole through it. Just cut a hole through it. Because like, you know, it depends been, how, how, how many pages is a script? Because it might not be uh, wide enough for any real, real feel good. We've been, moments. We've, we've been covering no? Jedi loss. And the funny part, <laughs> the thing that I really like 
is the fact that I always come in and when we start talking about Jedi Lost, I always have to stop because you don't want me to ruin things. Yeah, well, I still have an hour to go. I, I keep re-listening to the opening three hours because I miss something. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back. Because there's and so much going on. Every time I go back, I catch more. I catch more things. It is... It is a great story. Honestly, Dave, after the script is released, I would I would I would probably advocate getting um a novel, a novelization as well, maybe in a year. And I would buy that and read that too. Why not? I know this was sold as an audiobook only, yes. but another after another year goes by and the people who were gonna buy it buy it, why not? earn a couple more bucks and release the novelization on those people that want to read it. And honestly, I want to see what I want to see what else Kevin Scott can do. Well, he is the man behind tales from Vader's castle, the IDW comic series, which we covered, uh, I believe a couple shows on our regular show. And then of course the, the rest of them were on our Patreon page and we were oogling and fanboying over those they they were supposed to be kind of non-relevant just fun stories but they offered some really cool insight into uh star wars lore and yeah it's a little depressing that technically the idw comic series is not necessarily canon but at least it gives us something to kind of hang on to in this new era where a lot of our canon backstories have been retconned have been retconned but Think about this. Looking back at Tales of Vader's Castle, a bunch of fans basically said, can you imagine if Tales of Vader's Castle got turned into an audio play? Oh, Dave, oh, please. Man. Now now you're teasing me. <laughs> and I was like going, oh, that Dooku story with uh, that that had that Van, uh, that Hammer film type of vibe to it. Yeah. Sign calm me up calm down over there, David. I'm getting erect <laughs> over here. David, come here. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. If they were to do that, I'm telling you now, Kevin Scott needs to do another audiobook. I can't imagine because this series, Dooku Jetty Lost, has been so well received by, I think almost by every Star Wars fan I have seen on Twitter and Facebook has praised this audiobook. Why would you not continue the story? Maybe not, maybe there's not enough to go because you're so bunched in between Clone Wars and the movies and comic books and books, and maybe there's not a lot of direction you can take Dooku and Ventress after this story, I'm sure they can find something to do. They gotta find something. But even if Kevin Scott just tackles another audio, Star Wars audio play, regardless of what title it is, it could be anything, and I, and dude, I, he would be amazing at it. Something in the new era, in the Resistance era, would be great. Even in a, with another character. Like a new character, like maybe make his own? No, no, no. I mean, it just tackled like another character of Star Wars or shit if he wants to make his own. But I mean, I kind of like what he did with Dooku. So, yeah. Yeah, dude, the guy, the guy has got it, man. He might be some of my favorite tie-in media, favorite writer, I guess, when it comes to the tie-in media of Star Wars. Arguably, yes, because I don't think it does anything, Dave, come close. Because you've read more books than I have now at this point when it comes to the new the new EU. Does, had, does anything come remotely close? Dark Lords of the Sith comes pretty Dark close. Dark Lords of the, so, the Sith. Or Lords of the Sith. Lords of the Sith came extremely close because that was good. Yeah, that was amazing. 
And but when it comes to world building and just the overall mysticism of the force, does anything come close to Kevin Scott's Dooku Jedi Lost? I mean, closest thing I, that when I got the feels that I got here was probably New Dawn. New Dawn was good. Yeah, I like it. Because it introduced brand new characters, it yeah. expanded the universe, mm. it gave you insight on what was going around during that time. And that, and, that's what Kevin Scott did for Duke. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's your answer. I'm not going to, I was trying to argue you with your answer. I asked you and I now want to argue with you about it. <laughs> I, what about you? What about you, Raina? You read a lot as well of the Star Wars stuff. It, does anything come close to this for you in terms of well, world I'm- building and mysticism of the force? Unfortunately, I've only read what you guys are putting or recommending or throwing out there. So, okay. um, my husband's trying to get me into the old Republic. So, oh, so the old legend stuff. Into. He says I need to know it. <laughs> he's not explaining to me why he's like, you need to know the stuff. <laughs> Study, uh, learn. I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess you can because we, I guess, um, they have kind of, even though it's been retcon, Dave, they do. Kind of bug, they have yeah they've they still have that rolodex if you look at star wars rebels i mean how much did they pull out of the old legends eu and and kind of rework it back in the canon mm-hmm. so who knows especially with all these tv shows coming out and 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 movies we're probably going to see a lot of this reworked and used so i said i will say about um about uh dooku or um well yeah that one i will say that i've never had an audio play or a book make me question what I used to believe about the, you know, the light side and the dark side. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really did. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's why this story was so good, man, because it just, it just, it wasn't so, I don't want to say narrow minded. It just, because, because Kevin Scott was, was writing from the perspective of Ventress and Dooku. He was able to give us a unique perspective on things we didn't know and things that we thought we knew. Yes. From the perspective of people that felt like they had been wronged or manipulated or turned unwilling. You start to realize that, yeah, okay, these Dooku's evil and Ventress has an evil streak, but there's always a reason why something happens. There's a reason why they became the person that they are and it goes right back to that thing that we say on this network you're never the enemy or the bad guy in your own story and that's why this worked for me because Kevin scott just took it into a direction that that we haven't really had an opportunity to do so so i thought it was really good all right so let's talk about the update from the comic cons when it comes to the lucasfilm publishing panel we had Uh, previewed that thought at the start of the show. So let's get into this. Number one, I think the biggest bit of news or most exciting, I'd say, is the rise of Kylo Ren comic that was announced. And it has a whole lot of Knights of Ren all over it. That's exciting. I Mm -hmm. will say that. Now, this will be released as part of the whole journey to the rise of the Skywalker marketing push, that whole thing that they do before the release of a of a Star Wars film. 
The only thing, the only thing, Dave, that worries me about this Rise of Kylo Ren comic book is that it makes me feel that we might not get a whole lot of Knights of Ren or backstory on Kylo Ren in the next movie. I'm uh, I'm in pretty much in the same boat as you at that point. When they because, announced it, I got excited because I thought it was coming out in January. But first. then I stopped. Yes, I thought it was like early next year after episode nine. I'm like, oh shit, this will be cool then. But no, this is coming out before the movie. This will be released, I uh, believe, what, December 9th? Does that sound right? Yes. Does it really? Because I don't think that's it. It Dave. says that Marvel, Marvel The Rise of Kylo Ren is coming in December. Not exact Before date. episode 9, correct? Mm, yes. see if I can read. Yes. On sale December 2009, four-issue Marvel miniseries that will premiere before The Rise of Skywalker as part of the whole journey to the rise of skywalker okay now the reason why this worries me is because i was hoping in episode nine again this is just my fan wants but i feel like in order for this movie to feel complete and right we need to delve in to who kylo ren is right and part of that feels like it would be associated or closely associated with the knights of ren and if we're getting a comic book about that a four issue comic book it makes me feel like we're not going to get that much of that in the movie because mm-hmm. why would they release any of that any of this information or who the knights of ren are in a comic book they wouldn't do that that's not that's not in lucasfilm's playbook they're not going to release something vital to story in a comic book that comes out two three weeks before the movie exactly yes so that's you- that's that's what dawned on me and i'm like going oh no yeah what so if we're not going to get anything from Kylo Ren in the movie, what the heck is JJ focusing on? <laughs> I know. Right. Fo- and I know there's so many different things he can do. I'm not saying this is going to suck. I'm just a little disappointed because I mean, it's almost foreboding. Yeah. It, it ruins the experience because now in the back of my mind, I'm like going, okay, I have to tell myself I might not, Kylo Ren might not play a major role in the movie. Well, Kylo Ren, yes, but the Knights of Ren, and and maybe we're not going to learn so much about his the the reason why he is who he is because this is called the Rise of Kylo Ren, which is going to tell the story of his rise, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I was hoping in the movie we would find out find why out. he turned the direction he did. So we'll see. We'll see. As I said time and time again, episode nine will decide a lot of things moving forward when it comes to me or <laughs> when it comes to me and my feelings on the current state of Star Wars. Now, The Rise of Kylo Ren is written by Charles Soule. Uh, he blew the roof off this panel. Charles Soule has set the bar very high with the Star Wars comic titles. His exploration of Vader's early days post Revenge of the Sith and his Marvel title Darth Vader, which was good is an example of the gold standard for Star Wars storytelling. This is excellent news for Kylo Ren fans, as Soul joked. It's been to Ren. It'll be a four-issue limited series released in December to lead right up to the rise of Skywalker. Uh, Soul's death, Darth Vader stories, uh, featured the Dark Lord doing lots of soul-searching and reaching deep into the dark side to try and contact Padme. Yes. Um, So, as we know, that series was very heavily 
dipped within the mysticism of the force. That's what we always are hearkening on about in this mm-hmm. show. We're always talking about, let's bring it back to the mysticism. Let's bring that in. And that's something that the Sith Lord series did for Vader. It, it satiated a lot of fans that needed that. It satiated the appetite of many fans that that was craving that. Mm-hmm. You know, we need the force. We need the mysticism. We need we need that world building. We need to see those elements. Those are things that kind of been uh, grossly neglected in this new era of Star Wars, in particular when it comes to the movies. So having him tackle a story pertaining to Kylo Ren, even though I had my my qualms, I you know I still am a little excited for it or very excited about it because. We are going to delve into the mystic side of things. Because I'm assuming. Why would you bring this writer on unless you were going to do similar things? And also, when you think about it, if anything, you can kind of bookend, use these as bookends a bit to the Skywalker storyline as well. Because he did a story about Darth Vader shortly after his fall. And now he's doing a story shortly after the fall of Ben and his transformation to Ren. So possibly you're going to see some connections there when it comes to subtext and narrative, which is really fucking cool. Which is really cool, yeah. So we'll see. Lots of things to be excited about, but, you know, being the fans that we are and the fact that we are jaded a bit and (laughs) we've been abused and mistreated at times, we're a little doubtful when he promises he's no longer going to slap us and beat us. (laughs) You know, we we hope inside that it's not going to happen, but we still have our doubts because we we love him so much. We love him, even though he doesn't really offer anything true of value to us, but we love him and we hope he's not going to hurt us anymore. (laughs) And and you know what's even sadder, Mike? What? They've hurt us, right? But sometimes they treat us really good. And that's why I'm really excited for the next piece of And they beat up the pussy really good, too. And that's why we keep (laughs) taking them back. But I am so I I'm actually really excited because we just talked about him just a second ago about the next announcement. Yeah, we gotta get really fast, Dave. Marvel Star Wars Tie Fighter comics are uncommonly good. Uh, so says a writer from Polygon. <laughs> now, Dave, it's funny that this article surfaced while I was preparing the show because when you walked into the studio today, the first thing you said was, "Hey, the Tie Fighter series is really good." It is, and according to various readers across the interwebs and on different websites, they're saying that the Tie Fighter series is exceptionally is written exceptionally well, and of course, dude. Of course it is, because when you find out who the writer is, (laughs) it's written by Eisner nominated writer Jody Hauser. God bless her. (laughs) She's good. She has written a lot of comic books that we have gotten into. A couple Star Wars ones, a few of the age of uh, was the age of the Republic issues. Age of Republic, because Jody understands what. Star Wars storytelling is. I think it's more than that. I think she's just a very good writer because she also has done this on Star Trek. She's written a uh, Star Trek comics for the most part are shitty. Yeah. And I know I'm bringing up the, the no, no word. No, in, but you're, Star you're Wars bringing show. up a good example. But right she is one of the few writers that actually writes good Star Trek comics as well. So it's not just, you know, 
her writing or understanding Star Wars. It's the fact that she understands writing. That's a better way of saying it. She gets it. She knows how to tell a story. She she obviously uh, submerges herself in in the narrative, and she understands exactly what she wants to do with it. And that's, again, I like comic books, but as I said earlier, comic books for the most part, Uh, I'd say 80, 20 when it comes to mainstream 20% of them are really good uh, with a lot going on that you need to actually dig in and pay attention to. But for the most part, when you're talking about mainstream comics, they're a little light on substance on true substance. But Jody Hauser seems to really deliver in a matter of pages. In fact, the, the issue she wrote for age of the Republic was like what? 27 pages. And we were blown away by how much story was in like 20 some pages. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to check this out. I was not interested at first because I didn't know Jody Hauser <laughs> had written it, but I'm definitely going to get into it. And I think we should probably plan a discussion on it. And that's why I was really excited about it because Jody Hauser's tied to it. So, you know, automatically that whatever she touches is gold right now. Apparently, the comic book is very realistic when it comes to yes. capturing the realities and grittiness of soldiering, mm-hmm. of war and combat. And if that's the angle she took as a writer, I can definitely see how that could work. All right. So that concludes our discussion this week on everything Star Wars. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening each and every episode. I want to thank you, Reyna. You fell asleep. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I did not fall asleep. Reyna fell asleep. She's, she's floating in the back to tank. She's relaxed right now. And David, thank you. Thank you. May the force be with us. Oh, yes. <laughs>